Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. He just says this, and he's teaching. Jesus said these words. He said, a thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord. As we do, from our heart, God, we desire for our words to be yours, our thoughts to be yours. And every one of us, God, today would walk in obedience to what, as you move on our hearts. Uh, we live in a day and age, God, if there was ever a time that people need to understand what it means to abide in you, it's today. As we worship, when we sing, our dependence and, and our reliance is on you. But then also, Lord, there's a need for us to understand the slide of sin. Is if when we walk away from you and we do things contrary, it, it doesn't turn out well. So, Lord, um, use us. We'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory. For we ask it, pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. This is, if you've been around me at all, you know I quote this verse a lot. Uh, it's, it's one of the most powerful and penetrating verses in all the Word of God, in my opinion. Um, and, and I do think it's necessary for us to, to be reminded that they are the words of Christ. Uh, it's a strange verse, as we've been talking about, all these are, but also it's a very strong verse, too. And I think it's good for church today. I think because we live in the world, and it's sort of like the, uh, when Jesus was washing Peter's feet, we live in a dirty world. And we can know the Lord, but there's an effect the world has on us. And if we, doesn't watch, if we don't watch it and, and be mindful of it, it has an effect in the church, individually and collectively. Uh, I want to tell you the background here. Jesus is really talking in opposition to the Pharisees. He's saying that you had this religion, you had this law, and what they were promoting. And you know, his, his main adversary besides the devil himself was the Pharisees because he went in opposition. Uh, they were the ones behind him being crucified. I mean, it, it, it goes that far. And so when he said this, he was referring to the Pharisees. And I think it's an accurate parallel for us to talk about the way the enemy operates today as well, is that he can be very close to us. He can be in sheep's clothing. It might even seem okay the way you hear things and they're packaged, but we got to stand for something. Uh, Jesus was dealing with this, and you and I deal with a real enemy as well. Uh, we live in a day and age where this kind of stuff is taking place every day. There is still in killing and destroying. We see things going on, and it blows, our, it blows us away, really, in our mindsets. Um, I, I wrote it down this way. Everything, and we need to hear this. This is really a premise for where we're going in the next 20 minutes or so. Everything can't be right <laughs> because of the fall of man. Uh, somewhere we got to name what is right and what is wrong. Uh, I, I said this in the first service. I said, if everything's right, then I think your kids ought to eat pizza at every meal. And you ought to eat a gallon of ice cream every day, you know, and never go to the dentist, never go to the doctor, because if everything's right, then let's just do everything that we want to do. And that is so far from what the Word of God says. This verse alone causes us to analyze our lives. You might have heard me say this. It's been around a long time. But Edwin Burke, um, he, he said the words best, I think, that it says, all that is necessary for evil to triumph. For, for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And we live in a day and age, and you got to hear this, this is our society, this is uh, the world that we live in, uh, it's the council culture that's out there, is that if, if somebody takes a stand for something they think is right, and it goes against the world grain or worldview, they're, they're in a tough spot. And we've almost gotten to the point, it seems like, and, and, I, and I take this stuff seriously. I know this is going out on Facebook. I know I'll probably be counseled by somebody in their own mind just because I'm 
you know, I'm a regressive instead of progressive in the world's terminologies. But ultimately, we need to realize this day and age that God calls on us to stand. And in light of God's Word, we need to stand on His Word. It is not a relic. It is not something from just the past. It is the present voice and view of God Almighty. And I tell people, listen, if you don't agree with it, then I challenge you to dig into it and find out what it says. And I guarantee you truth will be revealed to you. We need to understand it. So I want to spend some time today in analysis. I want to do some analysis of these two points of view that Jesus shared in this verse. And I can't stay there a long time because there's some things I want to spend a lot of time on. And it's this. When I think about the analysis of the two, I just want to share some, some, some things. The first thing is there's a distinction in direction. So what do you mean by that? Jesus is saying, he said, look, a thief comes and goes one direction. But I've come so that you can go a different direction. So there's distinction in direction. And it's also how each direction affects our lives. He goes to say that. He says you're going to have life. You're going to have life to the full. You're going to have abundant life in me. The other direction is stealing, killing, and destroying. You're going to pay a price if you go the slide way. All right? Make more sense in a minute. They are polar opposites, and we need to hear that. People think today, well, you can hold hands with, you can, you can have all the world stuff, and you can have all the God stuff, and it'll be okay. No, they're polar opposites. You're either one or the other. The Scripture talks about that. You'll see that in a minute. It, they're not similar at all. It's reality. As I already said, when it comes to the thief, stealing, killing, and destroying I hope you can see the progression of that. Uh, it, it's relentless. I don't know if you realize that, but the ploys of the enemy today is never ends. It's always, it's almost like agenda driven. It's like it's the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it always erodes. It always evolves into something worse. I've said this about the slide. You need to hear this. I've said it a couple of times. The slide, you cannot do something wrong in your life enough that it ends up being right. Uh, the, 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 uh, the sliding never, it's not, sec, it's not circular. You don't do it long enough and then it gets okay. Now we might get dull to it and we might see it enough that it doesn't affect us as much, but it doesn't become right after wrongs. We, we know that two wrongs don't make a right. You know those kind of sayings. So it's distinction. Secondly, uh, it's destruction versus delight. I think I've already shown that. You go this direction in the slide, there's destruction that's coming. But there's a delight. We sang about it today. There's a delight in the Lord. Huh. I want to I ask you this question. Tell me one thing we're embracing in our society that's gotten better. One thing. One thing that we've embraced of a sinful nature, of something that doesn't bring glory and honor to God that's gotten better. It always gets worse. <laughs> Somebody said sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. I wrote it down this way for you to see it and have a visual. I believe this, is the, this, this destruction versus delight can be summed up in this saying. Here it is. I'm either separate or I'm secular. God didn't, there's no middle ground. You're going to see that in a minute. It, there's a distinction that God's giving us. There's also destruction versus delight. We need to get it. The other day, I was rereading the account of Noah and the flood, just casual reading. It wasn't even devotional. It was just, I was just reading. And uh, when I was reading along, I got to a verse that just stuck out. And boy, we need to hear it because we're not hearing it enough from the pulpits in America. We're not hearing it enough in our society. We're surely not hearing it as much as we need to. But it was in, Rome, it was, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, this is the verse. It says, as long as the earth endures, <laughs> seed time and harvest, 
cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night will not cease. So what are you, what, where, where are you going with this? I, I just want to tell you this. Folks, God's in control. Amen. Some of the very things that we're dealing with in our world is man is so full of himself that we really honestly think that we're in control. It's not just destruction, it's delusional is what it is. I've always said it this way. If you really think man is controlling this planet, you need to get you a plane ticket and get up about 30-something thousand feet and look down on a clear day at the world. The world is vastly bigger than some people think it is. It's destruction or delight. The psalmist said it best in Psalm 1-1. Starting out, now the first verse, of all those chapters and all those psalms and all those singings, if you will, this is how he started it. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. God's called us to be different. He's called us to be separate. It's destruction versus delight. Then one more. I'm going to stay here long. Uh, but when I, when I analyze and the analysis of this, it's either, not neither. See, a lot of times people think, well, well, I can just do my own thing. Well, you're either in one or two camps. We struggle with that, and, and it's so matter of fact. And I tell people, let me, this is my answer. Have you ever wondered, and I've asked this question to politicians who, uh, others, I've asked this in a religious realm. Have you ever asked the question, why is Christianity bashed? Why do other religions get a pass? Why, 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 why isn't Christianity, why is that the one taken to task? I didn't, I didn't agree with everything that Pat Robertson stood for. Most, the vast majority I did. I can remember turning on the 700 Club and they're praying and they would shut their eyes and they would have God would give a revelation. There'd be somebody out there they'd pray for, for healing and all but name their name. Listen, when that man died the other day, one of the pioneers in that world as far as TV and radio and that kind of thing, the 700 Club and how God blessed him, just start out with a radio station and something worldwide. Listen, the world came out of the cracks and crevices to dog a dead man. I said, if you don't think we're living in a day of darkness, you need to wake up. Let me tell you funny. We had a new family at our first service, and they had a child with them. And this is how they summed up my preaching. He sure did holler a lot. <laughs> well, I hadn't even begun to holler yet today because, folks, we're in a mess. We think today we're living in the abide of God, and we're living in the slide away from God. In our world, it looks like we celebrate the things that God called in his word an abomination. And I'm not going to make one abomination a poster child over any other. There's over 60 in God's word. But listen, we're in a bad state. Listen, even in the church, when we begin to embrace things that God's word says are an abomination. Well, God didn't. What, what did God not know? What did God not? Listen, folks, we've lost our mind. My mama would say our ever-loving mind if we think we're going to redefine who God is and what God thinks. He doesn't change. Hmm. He started screaming again. It's either, not neither. I want to ask you just a question. Are you abiding in him today? And this is not going to make me popular, but I do think I'm right. If you're not abiding, you're sliding. Because if I'm not right where I need to be with God, then I'm sliding away from where I need to be. Think of the word, what it says. It didn't say in or out or in between. It says you're either in or out. The word didn't say you're, you know, you're cold or hot. Hmm. Even the people that tried to be lukewarm, God said he'd spew them out of his mouth. Listen, we're either born one time or we're born two times. You remember that sermon? You know, when I stand in front of God, my hope is not being born one time. I just want to tell you this. this is Everybody here has been born one time. Did y'all get that? If you didn't know that, you might need to go talk to a teacher or something after church. But listen, going to heaven is not being born one time, 
but it's been born two times. Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Oh, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 30, you're either for me or against me. So why do I share that with you today? Because I want to spend some time informing. Back in 2017, right here on this pulpit, I, I preached a sermon entitled The Slide of Sin. I had pastors and people in the church and people, different things, and when we shared that, I've done it in revival several places, said I've never heard, and I'm not boasting, they said I've never heard it identified any better of what's going on in America. Because when you see the big picture, it's awful hard to see what's going on in our world. Let me tell you what's going on in our world. We are embracing things that God says are not right. And when you do that, you slide away from God. I define it as the slide of sin. So we're either sliding or we're abiding. My individual life, us as a church, the community, our country, we're either sliding away from God or we're abiding in who God is. And I want to share some thoughts about the slide today. This is a matter of fact. I make no apologies. Um, I'm going to leave it where it is, but we need to hear it. And there are five of them. I got five more, but I'm going to share those today. But uh, here's, here's the first one. I call it the knowledge slide. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'm for education. I believe leaders are readers. I've read this week. I've expounded what I know this week, and not just for a sermon, but my own individual life. I'm all for, man, we're paying high prices for our kids to go to school, and uh, we'll be paying for years to come. But Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Listen to me very carefully. You can have all the education in the world, but the moment that someone steps outside of the umbrella of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Creator God, and begins to do their knowledge and understanding and learning with God not at the forefront, you're in trouble. That's what that says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so what happens is, when I have Him in my right place, and I understand, then there's going to be a balance that comes to my life. Another one is Romans chapter 1, verse 22. Listen to this. It says, professing themselves to be wise... They become fools. And many of those things that were typified and clarified in Romans chapter 1 are going on in America. The council culture says, if you don't agree with this or that or the other, then we'll just counsel you. We'll burn your house down. We'll do something and show you. There was a man that was in a, a major sporting event this, just this past week that just expressed a point of view on Twitter. They so bombarded him that in two days later, he had changed his opinion. I don't even know if I've ever changed an opinion in two days. But people show up. And so you get scared and so you withdraw. But the knowledge slide, listen to me very carefully, shows us that God better be at the top or we're in trouble. I think America's in trouble because we compromised that about a half a, half a century ago. Started it. Did you know that the Ivy League, listen to the Ivy League now, Harvard, Princeton, those kind of schools. Did you know how they started? They were founded to train preachers do you see a slide huh we've gone a long way sliding haven't we baby proverbs fourteen twelve says there's a way which seems right to a man <laughs> but there's the end is death the ways of death so you got the knowledge slide got four more of them it'll scare you to death after that one the next one i call the behavior morality slide Here's the slide, experimenting with something leads to behaviors that leads to addictions that leads to epidemics. I've never heard one person in my pastoral experience that came to see me that told me they saw the end from the beginning. But I've had dozens through the years when they trusted me with what they were going on, they said, I wish I could go back and undo it. 
That one behavior, that one thing that I did, that thing that I consumed, that, that place that I put myself in, I wish I could go back and undo it because I didn't see the fallout, the slide of it. It will take you further than you want to go. But God stands over here and says, just abide in me, and I will lead you in the paths of righteousness in your life. we got behavior morality. It's so true. Wow. We didn't see it. A good time turns to behaviors that turn to addictions that ruins people's lives every day. And yet we come up with things like if it feels good, do it. It's easier to get forgiveness than it is to get permission. That's what we do with God. I'll give you another one. And they, hmm, what I entitled the sexuality slide. Listen to me very carefully. I'm just 57 years old, but I remember as a boy being challenged to live pure. Intimacy only in marriage. Again, I was surfing some for my sermon or whatever and I found an article a lady had wrote and she had characterized every man that she had ever been intimate with in bed and it was out there just that my children your grandchildren anybody could just openly see it on the internet and it was like this published thing that was real informative and I'm going how far have we slid and you want me to tell you what really concerns me and I'm not saying because I'm the voice today what really concerns me is how quiet we are it really concerns me that something can come down the pipe in America where we have in God we trust on our currency and yet the godly people are mighty quiet because we've been sold a bill of goods that we'll come after you if you say anything. It's time for God's people to arise and let God's enemy be scattered. Sexuality slide. He's screaming again. It says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4, it talks about the marriage bed undefiled. Huh. Wow. Then we have that turn into common law. <laughs> I enjoyed a little bit of this in the first service. Years ago, I was in prison. I wasn't incarcerated. I was doing ministry. I just want you all to know that. <laughs> but I did a Bible study, and there was about 30-something guys in the room. And so we were talking, and marriage came up. I was defining some things. Maybe our relationship with Christ. I don't remember the details, but I remember what happened. And I just asked people. I was trying to identify with them and, and trying to connect with them. I said, how many of y'all are married? And not many hands went up. And all of a sudden, like they were a chorus, like the choir, just like today. It's like they took a breath and all of them at once said, common law. And I was young in the ministry. It was probably the mid-90s. I went, common law, I don't know about that. Then I began to inquire and found out that there was a bunch of them living with women that they weren't married. And listen, before I realized, I'm so sad to tell you this, but it was the truth. Before I realized it, I drew a breath. I said, oh, y'all are talking about shacking up. <laughs> and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I went, oh, that's not good. But listen, that's the slide. I remember if somebody was living outside of wedlock, they were shacking up. And now we, we call it common law. Sounds like a slide to me. Sounds like, you know, it sounds like putting clothes on a pig. You still got a pig. You follow me? And then common law, they started doing away with that because there was too many ramifications of it, I guess with insurance and retirement and all that. Now we call it cohabitation. Isn't that a great word? Huh, Suzanne, we're cohabitating, but I got the ring. <laughs> One of my mentors said his fear in my time of ministry that there will be no more closets. Folks, there's no more closets. Now the stuff that used to be in the closet and break people's hearts and parents and grandparents and neighbors and church folk used to break our heart. Now we're <laughs> applauding it. Mm, sexuality slide. Let me show you. Oh, it's so bad. 20 years ago, I, 
or plus I had to educate myself on what LGB meant. Now, I got to put my glass on for this one. Don't laugh, folks. It's tragic. L-G-B-T-T-Q-Q-I-A-P. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transsexual, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, pansexual. And they also put a plus at the end because there's more coming. You know why there's more coming? It's not because we're getting smarter. It's because we're getting further and further away from God. I don't say this stuff to offend. I say this stuff that it's time for us to wake up. Next, we got the procreation slide. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, 28, God admonished, his huma- admonished humanity to go forth and multiply. Listen to me very carefully. I'll show you a slide. In the 60s, man began to embrace and made a place for birth control. It didn't take us but a decade later that we passed national legislation about abortion. Ten years, one decade in American history, we went from birth control to legalized abortion. Now we debate partial birth abortion. I I called him an idiot in the first service, and I want to take that back, though I just said it again. There was a political figure in the state of Virginia. You can find it very quickly. Please don't do it right now. That he made the observation as a political figure, as a leader of the state of Virginia, he made the observation that if a mom and dad missed an abnormality in their child while they were carrying that child, while she was carrying it, and that baby was born, they ought to have the right to go in a room and have consultation with a doctor. And they, right there with the doctor's consultation and them, could decide to take the life of that child that was born. See, we look at that and say, oh, no, Brother Jay, no, 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 no. Why wouldn't it be that way, folks? If a person is not safe in the safest place God ever created for them, do we think they're going to be safe on the streets? You think you're going to turn on the 6 o'clock news and somebody hadn't killed somebody during the night? You think we're not headed for worse? I'll tell people this might get me in a lot of trouble, but you better take care of your own stuff because somebody's coming to take it from you. See, here's the thing. It, it's procreation slide. God made it one way. Man says we want to do it another way, and we pay a price for it. I have a sister, listen, this guy, whoo, this guy, whoo, people going, you've got to be kidding me. I have a sister who has 14 children. I knew, I knew I'd hear that. And you know what I hear when I hear that? I never hear a man say anything. <laughs> they only have one left at home. Got a couple in college, they're grown, they got grandkids, they got great grandkids. It's unbelievable. I mean, and my, if, my, if my sister was here today, you would say, there's no way 14 kids came out of that body. I mean, she can walk and talk at the same time. It's amazing. can't believe I just said that. (laughs) But what I want to tell you is this. We think we know better. And every time we know better, we mess it up. Look at the slide. Procreation turned to birth control that turned to abortion. Not to hurt. God's given me the opportunity as a pastor to come alongside women that have been through abortion. Some of the most treasured times I've had is when I've been asked to be a part of something in their life and the healing they go through. And I've seen healing take place. But folks, listen to me. When we do it other than the way God says to do it, we pay a price. Now we got crazy stuff out there. I heard a pastor the other day that really summed up. He summed up homosexuality and transgenderism more than I'd ever heard, clearer than ever. He said, I believe it's a ploy of the enemy to do away with life. 
And he went on, he named a famous person that came out of the closet and had gender alteration surgery and all that. He said, what's going to happen when that person gets to be 30 or 35 and they have a revelation and then they want to do it the right way, the way God said to do it, and now they can't because of mutilation of their body? Hmm. You're not going to hear that on the nightly news, by the way. I got one more for you. Aren't you glad? I'm glad it's not six. I want to talk a minute about the creation slide. The first commandment of the Ten Commandments says, have no other gods before me. One of the attributes of God I like to talk about is he's creator God. He created male and female. He created you and me. One day I'm going to stand in front of him. (laughs) Great, great worship today, wasn't it? God, teach me. Teach me to abide. I depend on you, Lord. Creationalism, listen to this. Creationalism, over time, turned into theories of evolution. Had to study them in school a long time ago, 40 years ago. Theories of evolution. I can't tell you the last time I heard evolution told as a theory of evolution. Now it's, you're the quack if you believe in creation because you must believe in evolution. Look around, it's everywhere. Let me tell you what I know about evolution. Y'all ready? I believe in the Big Bang, but I believe a big God spoke the world and the Big Bang happened. (laughs) I don't believe I came from Cro-Magnon, man. He might have been on this earth. My mama wondered sometimes if I didn't come from something like that. But folks, I want to laugh instead of cry. But sometimes we ought to shed tears for where we are. I'll say it one more time. That thing turned evolution and then it turned into global warming. I'm telling you now. And we're so down the road in this. I had a lady come out of, Wal- come out of Walgreens about three years ago. And I walked by, I remember whether it was hot and it was, it, was, it was stuff that wasn't like hot weather or whether it was cold and it, there was stuff about, it was like a different kind of season for that season. You know, it's one of them, we were having a 90 degree day. Let's just say it was 90 degrees, supposed to be 70, okay? And I said, or, or the, I think it's the other way around because it's cold. It's coming back to, this is, what, this is what I said. I said, boy, this feels like global warming today, doesn't it? And she looked and she went right by me and had her head down. And she, a little short lady, she went, it sure does. She went and got in her car. I said, well, I know what news channel she listens to. But anyway, global warming. I'll still say this. I'll move on. I'll go to my grave telling people, listen, all the young young folks, teenagers, everybody here needs to hear this. It takes more faith to believe that it just happened in random order than it does to believe there's a God that created it. I always tell people, you want me to show you a person of faith? Somebody that really believes that stuff. That's a person of faith right there. Because all the holes can be poked in. I, I'm done, except to ask you a question or two. Are you sliding? Or are you abiding? It's really that simple. You know, let's think about it. Should, should, should it really surprise us? First generation, Adam and Eve having children, Cain and Abel have a dispute. You would have thought Cain would have just took him behind the woodshed and whooped him. Not kill him. The slide. First generation. But, but just six chapters into Genesis, we got Sodom and Gomorrah. You'd think, wouldn't they have waited a little longer? And we see that slide going on because Lot chose that world instead of God's world. Nothing is wrong. And I say that, I don't try to not get loud anymore today, but it might just happen. Nothing is wrong. 
Don't you just wait for somebody to come on the TV one day and go, maybe they're sick. Maybe somebody hurt them. Maybe they need to get some counseling. I am talking about when you have a conversation with somebody, you better leave it in the blood of Jesus Christ. Huh? That's my hope. My, slow, my, my hope is not embracing somebody's slide. You can't do any better, and I'm sorry. We better embrace being in the vibe with God. Hmm. Oh, how do you do it? Get in the <laughs> oh, man.